You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Our guest today has written a book called Eat to Treat, and it's all about inflammation. If you've followed my work for the last 10 or so years, inflammation is at the root of everything. Because every day your cells take 30 pounds of air and some food and they combine them to make something. And they can make electricity or heat or hormones or inflammation. And if they're making inflammation, it means you have less energy and it means your risk of every disease goes up. So if you can fix your food or your environment to have less inflammation, you will automatically have more energy and less muffin top. So our guest is a renowned functional medicine nurse practitioner. She's been a USA Today bestselling author and has done a lot of work around the field. So I want to pick her brain today on what's going on with inflammation. Maggie, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here and talk about a topic that is, like you said, just so important to all of your health and wellness goals. How do you know? If you have inflammation. No, just what, how do you know it's so important to health and wellness? Tell me your take on inflammation. Yeah, so inflammation, first of all, is good at some times. Like we need inflammation. The problem and what I talk about is chronic inflammation, where we have Mm -hmm. so much chronic inflammation day in, day out, all these toxicities, and then your body becomes out of balance, unable to handle the inflammation that you have. And that's when we start to get a lot of um, some nagging symptoms, chronic diseases, illnesses. And so if we can address the root cause of inflammation and live a more deflamed lifestyle, whether that's food or your mindset or your relationships or the environment or the products you put on your skin, every day we have a healthier, a healthier chance at, like you said, boosting your energy so that you can naturally rebalance your body and heal and stay feeling your very best, looking your very best, performing your very best um, without putting so much hard work into it, really just focusing on reducing inflammation long-term. What's the difference between long-term and short-term inflammation? Short-term inflammation is like if you get hurt and say you get a scrape on your skin and your body inflames to heal that scrape and to protect yourself. It could also be something like you get super scared, like you almost got in a car accident and you get super scared and your body's inflamed. It's trying to protect yourself. And so that is short-term inflammation. It's protective. The problem is actually twofold. Sometimes like getting scared about getting almost in a car accident, we have that feeling often throughout the day at many times throughout the day when it's not necessarily the best response for ourselves. And then also sometimes we get that response to inflammation like the scrape on the skin, but to things like you wouldn't think about like the lotion you're putting on your skin. So it's not necessarily that you have hurt yourself and your body needs to inflame to protect yourself. It's that intentionally or accidentally you're exposing yourself to inflammation or to uh, toxicities that cause inflammation in your body. And that's that chronic inflammation. What's the biggest cause of that short-term I'm going to die inflammation aside from our government? (laughs) Um, For me personally, I mean, I think everybody obviously is unique. For me, it used to be really decisions. I would stress about decisions. And it could be a little tiny decision like, gosh, something silly, like what should I wear? What color of nail polish should I paint my nails this time? Or it could be a major decision like, where should I live? What should I do with my life? What college should I go to? 
And actually indecisiveness caused a lot of inflammation in my life. So for me personally, that was one of my big drivers of stress. Another big driver of stress and that inflammation, like, you know, oh my gosh, is um, when I was, you know, before I embarked on my health journey was weight and image. So working out super hard, always concerned about, you know, my appearance, my physique. And I talk a lot about in the book, the mindset shift of that, that you can achieve that appearance and that physique, but in a a way that does not inflame your body and mentally um, cause you to be so stressed. So for me personally, those are the causes of that I used to experience for that inflammation. I love it that you're talking about decision fatigue as a cause of inflammation. It's 100% true. And this is something in Game Changers. And even in uh, my brain book, which is, uh, what's that one? That is Headstrong. Uh, I talk about how it sucks electrons and, and you run out of energy, right? And when you run out of energy, the cells get stressed. And there's that famous study in Israel around what is the, the thing that gets people out of prison on parole? Uh, the number one factor, it's not what crime you did, your age, gender, none of that. It's what time of day was your parole board hearing? And in the morning when you're full of energy, the judge is like, yeah, yeah, you can get out, you can get out. And then by the time you get to late morning or afternoon, they're, they're just out of energy. So like, no, no, no. And it's, it's kind of scary, the invisible stuff. So that's yeah. proof that, that decision fatigue gets us. And as an entrepreneur, it's a hundred times worse, right? Yeah. But, and this was even before I was an entrepreneur. Um, you know, this was back before I became an entrepreneur and a business owner, but yes, same with being an entrepreneur. And that's one thing that I'm grateful that I have now is I have awareness around this. Like these decisions do not matter that much. Make one and go with it. Either way you go, you're going to figure out if it was a great lesson learned or a great lesson learned, but through kind of a fail or setback, you know? And um, so it's a skill set. I think everybody should work on. It's not just, you know, what you eat. Obviously, the book is called Eat to Treat. And I talk a lot about that, but it's how you think and how you make decisions and, um, you know, your mental capacity for inflammation and stress. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is that you're one of the few people who really clearly lays out the fact that anxiety or, or inflammation, it can come from inside your cells and you have a framework for that. And then you also say, but it can also come from your psychology. And most people just think it's a moral failing. That was my path. You know, oh, it's because I'm not trying hard enough or whatever. Uh, and at the end of the day, some of it comes from an internal biological thing and some of it comes from a belief system. Like I am not enough or whatever the heck. And all sorts of people have different ones and done tons of episodes on that. That's why I do neurofeedback. So you're trying to balance these out. If you were to take a guess, given everything you've seen as a nurse practitioner and all your stuff as an author, what percentage of people's inflammation is biological versus psychological? Oh gosh. You know, I think it definitely goes hand in hand. And this is a question a lot of people asked me when I healed my body and, and through all the work that I do is like, what's the one thing that makes the difference? And it, it truly is not. I think the one thing that will make the difference is acknowledging that it's not one thing and it's not what kind of came first. It's a combination. For example, you're talking about, you know, um, the stress and psychological, physiological, all that kind of stuff. So you might be bad at making decisions 
because you're so inflamed. Your hormones are out of balance. You have certain genetic things going on. Your, your nutrients are absolutely in the tank. So you're not even feeling well to begin with and you're irritable. So if you fix those imbalances in your body and your nutrient levels and your gut health and your hormones and all of that good stuff, and you're not flooding your body with toxins through, and I talk a lot about like non-toxic living, then naturally your men- mental stress becomes better too. You become less irritable, less anxiety, depression, things like that. So it really is kind of like, um, it's a joint effort. It's a joint effort of having a balanced body and a balanced mind. And I don't think it's one thing, you know, came first. It's a combination of years and years and years and years of habits and lifestyle and environment and exposures and, um, you know, how you've been nurtured or raised or the belief systems that you felt, uh, you know, your whole entire life. Hmm. So you're dodging the question. Um, (laughs) So what percentage is psychological versus physiological? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I guess the... I guess probably 80% would be physiological yeah. because most people, even, even accidentally, are exposed to things that make their body out of balance. And when your body is out of balance, then the psychological things come to play. I, I know that's a hard to answer thing. My number is 70%, by the way, so we're very close. I asked on an, an older episode, uh, Joan Rosenberg, who's a famous uh, psychologist, a similar question. And she thought it was actually more psychological than I would have imagined. So different people have a different view. I believe very much like you that if you could just handle your physical stuff, you'd have enough electricity to not be so tweaked by emotional stuff. Yeah. Like if you're having your best day ever and you're so energetic and you're vibing and you're not feeling amped, you're just there. And then you know, your mother-in-law calls or whatever. And you know, and, and it's something that would normally just really you'd lose it. And you're like, man, look at this. I'm like, you know, Luke Skywalker with his little droid just deflecting things effortlessly or like Neo in the Matrix. And you're like, oh, this is cool. It It's not cool if you ate a bunch of brown rice and oatmeal and kale and, you know, industrial chicken or impossible burgers. And all of a sudden, like you didn't have a lightsaber. You're just like, you got a wet noodle. And you're like, this doesn't work very well. And then mm-hmm. you you think it was your mother-in-law, but it was you. Yes. That's so interesting. And I say, I believe that when you're talking about like your energy, so the way that I think of this is when your body is healthy and balanced and deflamed, then your body has more ability to heal itself. And I always say the body is way smarter than any diet or pill or prescription. And so if you give your body a helping hand in the right direction to heal itself every day and to, like you said, combat the emotion from the mother-in-law call or whatever it may be, then you actually end up not having to try so hard to regulate your emotions or to detoxify because your body is set up for success to do so on its own. Do you really think the body is smarter than fentanyl? (laughs) I think that fentanyl is more powerful than the body, uh, for sure. Um, But I think that if you are trying to heal, to rebalance, to um, remove nagging symptoms that you've been experiencing, if you can reduce inflammation and give your body that helping hand, it will rewire those pathways in your body. It will heal that gut lining. It will um, rebalance those hormones, boost those nutrients, or even allow your food to be absorbed better to um, up your nutrient intakes. Who did your media training? (laughs) 
Am I bad at it? I've actually never had no, you. You're, you're great. I'm asking all these hard questions and, and you're just like deflecting them like that, you know, Neo in the karate scene I just referenced. So I'm like, <laughs> I've man, never had media training a day in my life. These really? are just my, my thoughts and my opinions. Yeah. It's because you got your energy back because like none of those even bother you a little bit. And for people watching, like, seriously, I'm asking her kind of hard, kind of funny, but they're kind of hard questions. Yeah. And you don't skip a beat. You're smiling and it's not a fake smile. And, and you're just like, no, <laughs> here, this is how it is. So kudos. Well, these, are the, these are my opinions, thoughts, and personal experiences. So it's just very easy for me to speak about this. Obviously, I've been also working um, in this field for a while. But yeah, no, I've actually... And you also have handled your inflammation, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. you have the energy to be like, Dave's being whatever, uh, you know, which, is, which is cool. I was going to say with the handling the inflammation thing, you talked about decisions with entrepreneurship. I don't think I would have ever been an entrepreneur if I didn't heal my body because I didn't have that desire. I didn't even have that desire. But once I healed my body and I was like feeling amazing every day and I wasn't worried about these silly decisions that don't matter, my whole world opened up. Of course, I had a newfound passion to healing um, because at the time I was actually a traditional nurse practitioner and then I healed my body through, you know, natural medicine and detoxification, things like that. And, um, but it, it opens you up. So if you've never fully felt your best, like you probably have no idea what's next for you because you're not able to even think about or, or consider that next option. Yeah, it's, uh, it's totally true. Um, you just, you just don't know because it's, I just have to survive the day. And so many listeners are in that right now. Um, half the country in the U.S. Um, doesn't have $1,000 for emergency expenses right now. And they're literally like, you know, what's going on? Uh, and even if you're in that situation, if you can increase your energy by doing just a few small things for your metabolism, like the things that are in Maggie's new book, uh, then suddenly what feels like Everest is now just the Rockies. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. you do another little thing and suddenly like, okay, that's just like whatever those East Coast mountains are that people think are mountains. Uh, and then suddenly like, oh, you know what? It's going to be work, but I can do this. And oftentimes that's the path of entrepreneurship. It's also the path of being a parent, right? It, everyone who's had a two-year-old saying no 10 gazillion billion times is like, I can't do this anymore. And somehow you figure it out. Yeah, you, and I, I think, I, I mean, I've done all of those things. I'm a parent, I have three young kids. I'm a business owner. I've healed my body when doctor after doctor, specialist after specialist was telling me I couldn't. And the cool thing is, is that once you do one little health habit and you feel a little better, it makes it easier and more desirable to do the next little ha health habit. And so it doesn't have to be this huge dramatic thing. It can be, like you said, for most of the people who have $1,000 only and they're so stressed about everything, it can be just one change. Um, just one little change in your life that makes the difference to take that next little change. And then that next step and then those stack and soon you're feeling a whole lot better. I, I like that view a lot. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. 
Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Let's go deeper. In the first chapter in your book, you talk about different types of inflammation. And this is one of the gems uh, that's there. In order for you to understand inflammation when you're listening to this, you could read all the PubMed things that Maggie and I have probably read, and you could go really, really deep on it. But giving you a framework for understanding. So you don't have to do all the the deep studying. Oh, it's just these three things. It has to be simple enough to be useful, but not so simple that it becomes like more plants, knowing that 99% of plants kill you. So this is one of those frameworks that's elegant and useful. So I want you to listen in. All right. Teach us, what are the three things that cause inflammation? So the three, four things to inflammation could be infections, toxins, or your immune response. What about things like uh, an injury or even just uh, lifting weights for a long time? Those also cause inflammation, like overtraining? Yes. So overtraining could be beneficial to, I mean, training hard can be beneficial to reaching the goals that you're looking for. If you are also supporting your body with the right supplements, the right rest, the right recuperation um, for that moment. But at the same time, overtraining, overexercising, overexerting your body could also harm your body because if you're already dealing with things like, um, you know, an out of balanced hormone um, system, if you have gut complications, you have really low nutrients, you're not feeding your body what it needs to be fed, you're not sleeping well, your body can't handle that stress. <laughs> your body cannot handle the stress of working out really hard and tearing your muscles and needing to rebuild those muscles because it can hardly get through the day. So you, again, just even with workouts, it's important to know where are you right now? Are you able to go really hard in the gym to reach some kind of you know physique goal or actually is that harming your health even worse? And that's a really big key thing to notice for a lot of people. I know so many fitness competitors um, who've said both men and women, but I maybe hear this more from women that I never looked better or felt worse, right? Because they're overtrained and they're eating the wrong stuff and you get this really lean look, but it's not a sustainable lean look. Like it, it's, it's terrible. And it's because they're driving this inflammation because of those, those types of behaviors. I agree. And oftentimes also I've, I've spoken to a lot of those individuals too. They feel horribly mentally, they feel horribly physically. They're tired. They're they're physically feeling bad. If you would do their labs and you know get some specialty functional medicine lab tests on them, they're probably severely malnourished and nutrient deficient. And so it's it's not. They're they're not happy. But yeah, like you said, they look they look good. All they um, need they, is some sea moss and kale, right? Won't that fix everything? <laughs> no, they need a full rebody, balanced rebody. 
um, and shift. Um, you know, it can go both ways too. When I was going through my health problems, I looked healthy. I looked fit. I looked good. And that's the main reason why a lot of my doctors dismissed me. They were like, you look great. You're fine. And, um, but I didn't feel great. And so, you know, that just goes back to being an advocate for yourself and digging deeper to find the answers to what will make you feel your best. I, I love it. Uh, you treat the symptoms, including being tired and doctors say, oh, you look good. There's nothing wrong with you. Like, look, dude, I told you there was something wrong with me. And if you're going to tell me that I'm crazy, you better have some damn good evidence that I'm crazy. Otherwise, I'm going to get a new doctor. And yeah. people talk about medical gaslighting and all this kind of stuff. Yes, there are doctors with ego. There are also doctors who are really busy. And honestly, I mean, you're, you're a trained practitioner. If someone walks in the door and they're vibing and super healthy, you kind of know it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that was me. But, but yeah. I also did not feel well. I was super mm-hmm. dizzy to where I had to pull over to the side of the road because I thought I might pass out. I was bloated no matter what I ate, even if I ate something healthy. I was, you know, my mentality was changing. I was getting to be like unmotivated and irritable. That was never who I was. And so I knew, I, I knew that something was wrong. Um, but you're right that doctors are busy, right? And it's not always their fault. And I actually had some amazing doctors who just told me straight up, like, listen, Maggie, we have no idea what's going on. Here's yeah. this pill to help you with their symptoms. It's not that they were trying to be bad. It's that they, they didn't know. And so yeah. that's where, you know, going the extra step and diving deeper into your health can really pay off in a big way. I've had so many good doctors as well. and. Quite often, it's just like you said, they just don't know. And if you have to make a split second decision, if someone walks in with dark circles under their eyes, they're obese and they're limping and you know they're snot running out of their nose, like, okay, I could treat this guy. I know what to do. And the next person walks in, well, they look healthier than 80% of people. The fact that your brain's inflamed, they can't see it, but you literally had a second to make a judgment before you could even think about it that said, do I focus or not? And so it's it's that group. Well, they're doing pretty well. We're less likely to get it unless we go to a functional medicine practitioner who says, look, I take an hour with every patient to really understand you. And that means it's expensive, but that means you get it. And uh, so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I, I look good. Everything should be, should be right. It's probably me. It's, it, I'm just not trying hard enough. No, it's actually something wrong. And mm-hmm. maybe it is your psychology right? And you're just stuck in a helpless loop because, you know, you have a, a childhood issue or something. That's still something you can heal. It's not like emotional injuries and physical injuries are that different. There's a healing modality for almost everything now. You just have to figure out what is the root cause. But the weird thing is, if you're going to heal the childhood stuff or whatever traumas you have, relationship dysfunction, try doing that when you have all your energy instead of doing that when you're barely one foot in front of the other. Yes. And, that was what I learned on my path. And, you know, when I was 30, I started doing personal development work. And I was also trying to heal from all these things. And it's just so much easier to have spiritual breakthroughs and psychological breakthroughs when you feel okay. Yes. And those things, like the physiological things, they're a lot easier to fix than the psychological things. So you can create <laughs> little wins for yourself. Um, yeah. And, you know, so when I went to the doctors, my labs were normal. And I looked fine. And so that they just, you know, said that. Um, Eventually they became abnormal because symptoms were ignored and inflammation just kept brewing. But with specialty tests, I could identify, oh my gosh, 
look at my nutrients. They're all in the tank. If I can boost those, surely I must feel a little better. Oh my gosh, look, I have this crazy high, high, sky high aluminum level. If I can reduce that, surely it will help me. And so those are more easy wins that you can identify and see and start to work on. And then the psychological stuff, like you said, becomes a lot easier Mm. to rebalance when you're feeling physically well. In my early 30s, I found a good functional medicine doctor. And he believed me. And I, it was kind of easy to believe me because I had some of the signs I wasn't doing well, but other signs I were okay. I think it was kind of confusing. And finally, he said, Dave, my patients get better. He said, my average patient sees me twice and then, and then they're okay. And he was a former Johns Hopkins ENT surgeon turned you know, homeopath longevity guy and glutathione and all the cool stuff. Uh, he doesn't practice anymore. His name is Tim Guilford. And uh, the first guy to introduce liposomal glutathione to the market. So I'm like, okay, I have this, this guy who finally believes me. And he, he sits down and says, Dave, I want to run an HIV test. He goes, I don't think there's any chance of it. Like, you know, you're, you're in a relationship and married and all that kind of stuff, but your body's just not responding the way it's supposed to. And eventually he was the guy who ran the lab test to help me figure out this is toxic mold in my home. And when I, I, Understood that it made everything work and toxic mold was a major cause of my inflammation. I'm sure I had some emotional stuff in there as well, but that was secondary to what was happening with toxins. And when I look at your list of those three things, you know, infectious factors and then non-infectious factors and immune response. Well, toxic mold for me did all three because I actually had mold growing in my body, which is an infection. It was making toxins and chemical irritants and things like that. Uh, and of course, I had stress as a result of it, which is a non-infectious factor. And then I had an immune response both to the mold and to the toxins made by the mold. So I'm like, great, I get the trifecta. And this is one reason we feel like crap. And if you had like a really popular man-engineered virus from the last three years that might be an infectious factor, I wouldn't know which one I'm thinking of. Just this is purely hypothetical. Uh, and you had some non-infectious factors like stress because you were locked in your house for a few years or something like that. Um, and you know, some chemical irritants uh, like you know, all of the household uh, uh, products that we were using that sterilized everything that you rubbed into your skin, like hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff. And then you had an immune response because you had a perceived threat would come from the news and would come from the fact that your body was manufacturing little actual threats. Same kind of a thing. And what I've found happens in people with the long version of what I just described or with toxic mold is that the cells themselves, the the mast cells become so irritated that all of a sudden these are like little landmines and they're supposed to, you know, only go off when there's a big invader and they're like, oh, look, the wind blew. And they blow up and set off all the ones around them. And we have wave after wave of inflammation. How common do you think this is today versus, I don't know, four years ago? I think that there's always been things that have contributed to these trifectas. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's brand new that we have that experience. But I, I do think that now more than ever it is. Especially because a lot of people in the last four years, like specifically you're talking about that, um, I, like you've been displaced. A lot of people have moved. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have lost family members. A lot of people 
have disagreed with friends and family on certain stances on things, which it's just, it has been a unique situation. I don't think it's the only time in history that something like that has happened by any means, but it's definitely been a unique situation that could definitely exacerbate a lot of things that you've been predisposed for. So um, I talk a lot about like your total toxic burden. It's like, you know, your body can only handle enough. It's going to, you know, toxic exposure and infection and non-infection and immune response after immune response after immune response. And suddenly your body's going to say, I'm done. And that's when you're going to get a lot of symptoms, diseases, cancers, just everything. That's when your body can no longer function fully the way it's supposed to. Uh, you've, you've got a point there because we get overwhelmed and there are ways out of chronic inflammation. For me, I, I've spent probably a million dollars of the $2 billion I've spent reversing my age and, and upgrading myself in all these different ways on dealing with inflammation and doing panels and trying this and trying that. It was hard for me to know, where do I start? Do I start with what my immune system's doing? Do I dampen that? Do I handle these, these non-infectious factors like, like irritants and toxins and things? Or do I go for an infection that I might have under a tooth or chronic uh, Lyme or mold or whatever? Where does a person start? I think the easiest thing to start is actually not anything internally with your body, but your environment. This doesn't oh, so take... you're a biohacker. Oh my gosh, I love that. Tell me more. <laughs> Maybe not to your extent. I don't know. Um, but I I feel like I don't, I've never called myself a biohacker, but I really like simplifying and detoxifying your environment. So um, you, these are immediate things that you can do today to reduce inflammation. So every day when you wake up in your home that you spend a lot of time in or in your office, you're, you're not as inflamed just by right. nature. So things like, you know, the chemicals you're using in your cleaning products and your self-care products and your the things that you're doing in the shower, like all of those types of things are easy wins to reduce inflammation. And like we've been talking about, when you reduce inflammation, you boost energy. When you boost energy, you can heal better. So I, I feel that's a really great way to start um, is your environment. And then from there in the book, I do talk about depending on your specific inflammation type, like are your symptoms all related to musculoskeletal and you like can hardly get out of the bed in the morning or are you like having GI problems every day? Those are different situations. And so depending on what's going on in your body is where I would say to start with kind of like your most um, evident complaint. For me personally, I can only speak to myself obviously. So for me personally, I definitely had hormone problems and I definitely had gut problems. So that's where I would start as far as healing inside of the body. Uh, hormone and gut problems were definitely part of my world. Uh, I had lower testosterone than my mom when I was 26. Uh, and it's funny because most 26-year-olds listening to the show, and it's funny, the, the largest percentage uh, or the second largest percentage of listeners is uh, 25 to 35. So there's a lot of people out there like, what's going on? Whether you're a man or a woman, testosterone or estrogen or thyroid are major parts of your of your symptoms and you don't know why that is and if you're over 40 it's just guaranteed like there's no question about it that that's a part of it do you agree with that yeah i do think that our hormones become less balanced as we age and that you probably do need i'm not as experienced there but need some sort of support for your body but i also was struggling with my health in my young 20s i was about i think 22 when it first started happening, 24 when I had a mini stroke and 25 when I rebalanced my body fully. Um, so the major hormone imbalances when I was young and healthy on the outside. 
I also was already eating organic, going to the gym every day, doing mindset stuff. I was a self-care kind of person. Um, so it just goes to show that it's really a, a combination of a lot of things that cause the chronic inflammation to where you're going to start to decline. Makes sense to me. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Hey, biohacker. So you've heard of stem cells. You know they're powerful. And maybe you wonder about stem cell therapy, but the process seems kind of intense because it is. Well, there's a new company called Stem Regen that I've been working with. The founder, Christian Drapeau, is a stem cell scientist. He's traveled the world in search of unknown plant extracts that can stimulate the release of your body's own stem cells right from your bone marrow. His discoveries led to an amazing breakthrough in stem cell therapy. Stem Regen is the world's first stem cell enhancer. Just two capsules will release 10 million of your own stem cells into circulation. Those stem cells migrate throughout your body and help your body naturally repair and renew itself. This is a new, powerful, and very cost-effective way to get the benefits of stem cells without having to hop on an airplane. And how about 20% off now? Go to stemregen.co slash Dave. That's stemregen.co slash Dave. The other part of your work that I thought was really, really cool was you said, hey, what if we could break your inflammation into personalized types of inflammation? And you actually have a quiz to do this. So you can fill out a quiz and it tells you that you're one of about, is it six different or seven different kinds? Six. What's the URL for the quiz? Um, E2tree.com backslash resources. Okay. E2tree.com slash resources. Yeah. I don't know if it's a slash or backslash, but everyone will figure it out. If they, if they get it wrong, they probably um, need to do some deep breathing exercises. <laughs> backslash. There's two. There's, there's actually an inflammation assessment to figure out what type of inflammation and the severity of it. Because if you are like me and you're, you know, passing out, like if you're very inflamed, there are different things that you might need to do than if you're just like kind of interested, kind of feeling kind of headachey lately and want to address that. And then there's a total toxic burden one, which is the really cool part of like assessing how, how, how burdensome are the toxicities in your life in different categories. And then those are immediate wins where you can see, oh, I'm making improvements here. And you can reduce that total toxic burden level. I, I, I like that idea. You've, you've got to be able to, got to be able to figure it out so that you can step in and, and make change. Um, I want to go deep on a couple of the different types that you have in here. Uh, you talk about 
muscle and joint inflammation as a type of inflammation. It seems like that always happens after you have allergies or after you have gut issues, but you already have allergies and gut issues as two other categories. So what causes muscle and joint inflammation that isn't a leaky gut? So it's actually not so much what causes each because we know the root cause is inflammation and non-infectious, infectious, and immune responses. So in the book, it's more so if you are experiencing like your main thing is you have muscle and joint pain, here are the next steps to start to reduce that immediate pain so that you are not in pain every day and then how to rebalance your body, what to look into, maybe certain things to eat, certain lifestyle habits to do or not to do to help with that muscle and joint inflammation. Okay. That makes, well, it makes a lot of sense to approach it in that order. I'm still, I'm thinking like for me, uh, I don't have a lot of musculoskeletal pain on a normal basis now, but for most of my life, it was a major thing. Arthritis since I was 14 in my knees. I used to feel like I had a candle burning between my shoulder blades. Just really, really just nasty upper back pain. Um, that was so hard to deal with. And occasionally it comes back. I know it's toxin-related now. Uh, and it's also related to oxalates in the diet. Like, give me a whole bunch of kale and spinach and raspberries and almonds uh, and sweet potatoes and whatever else. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm suddenly feeling all this pain again. And you know, old injuries light up. How much of muscle and joint inflammation do you think is immune versus toxin? Uh, I would say toxin first. So maybe kind of a similar where it's 70% toxins, 30% immune response. Wow. I love it that you said that. I didn't think that's what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> I'm passing all your quizzes, it seems. Oh, no, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm curious, right? Because yeah. you, you treat people. I don't, I'm not a doctor. Right? I just know a few things. I'm an unlicensed biohacker, which makes some doctors very angry. Um, I'm talking about <laughs> Peter Atia here in particular. Hey, Peter, um, turns out that you can do more than statins, vaccines, and exercise to extend human life, even though you don't think it's possible. But hey, that's just a disagreement. So like, there, there's all these different mindsets that are out there. Um, you just seem to have a, a unique perspective that like, huh, uh, you, you could do something about these things. Uh, so anyway, your your order of operations seems very lucid, which which is cool. Now, do you I was just going to say, yeah, like if if you are, because it just goes back to the same thing. If you are balanced in your body, if your nutrient levels are on point, if you are reducing toxicities, you're reducing inflammation, you will feel better. So the immunological response, yes, may be there, but if you eliminate or greatly reduce all of these other factors, then you're not going to be experiencing in this situation, the muscle pain and the joint pain as much or at all that you would be otherwise. Uh, it, it's worked for me. I do know that some of what I had was inflammation driven uh, and a lot of it was directly toxin driven. And you could say, well, Dave, you know, oxalic acid crystals in your joints cause inflammation. So it, it actually was inflammation driven. And the thing is, was it immune-driven inflammation or was it physically induced inflammation, which is what oxalates eventually are? Uh, so I, I like the nuances. And just from a quiz, you're helping people to tease out, you know, where are you between muscle and joint versus other ones. You also have hormonal and thyroid, which is maybe my number one recommendation, especially for 
Uh, people under 40 who aren't feeling like they're just ruling, like, like you're supposed to have all the energy and all the vibe and be able to bounce back and they're not. So tell me your take on hormones and thyroid and inflammation, kind of summarize it for me. So first of all, hormone and hormones like sex hormones and thyroid are really closely related. So if you have one or the other out of balance, probably they both are. Um, but I do think that it can, it can start with one. For me, hormones were first, I believe, uh, because I did not have a cycle until I was 18 when I started birth control pills. So oh clearly there yeah. was something wrong with my hormones. Um, and then that contributed to the gut health and the nutrient deficiencies and all of the things. Um, you know, but that just goes to show this, this, this stuff is chronic, right? We're dealing with chronic inflammation, chronic imbalances, chronic complications. But for hormones and gut health, the cool thing is that when you do fix those, everything else is positively impacted as, a, as well. Top three most important hormones for people to measure and pay attention to. I would say the, the basics are progesterone, estrogen, testosterone. Um, Not thyroid. Okay, so I went, I went sex hormones. Um, with thyroid, they're, they're both in one and the same. So I would say you would need to get tested for all of them. But for sex hormones, those three. For thyroid, um, make sure that you have a TSH, T4, free T3 um, to make sure that you're like looking at a full panel. And okay. then also, I was, I was just going to say also the nutrient level, since nutrients do play a major in part in making hormones, you'll want to make sure that you're testing your nutrients to make sure that those are adequate. So it sounds like there's four tests really that you have to, an advanced thyroid panel. Okay, we totally agree on that stuff. And I just say an advanced sex hormone panel. But in your case, the sex hormone panel would include testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. Would be those, those those three things. So there's some good good ones, yeah. Okay, and and you might as well throw in DHEA and pregnant, right? Yeah. Okay, so guys, that list one more time. It's testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, pregnenolone, DHEA, with advanced thyroid panel. And the advanced thyroid panel is T4, T3, reverse T3. TSH and antibodies. antibodies antibodies for Hashimoto's, right? Yeah. And while you're at it, throw in a nutrient panel because your nutrients make a big difference in your hormone health. So okay. you'll want to make sure that those are adequate. What is the best way to measure nutrients? Um, there are several ways. I think the best way would probably be through, hmm, I do all the ways. I do hair, urine, and blood. Um, okay. but if you have to choose just one, a great option would be through know, blood or urine. I, I usually recommend a, an RBC mineral analysis, red blood cell, yeah. uh, because it's red blood cells turn over a lot. It's going to tell you a lot, uh, but I'm also in agreement with you that, you know, if you have unlimited money and time, you might as well do some pee, uh, except that your body may be holding on to things that don't show up in your pee and then hair, same thing. So kind of like, I feel like doing a hair mineral analysis is like reading, reading the type of fire from the color of the smoke. You can tell if it's an oil fire versus something else, but you kind of need some more data in there, but it's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, and then urine, I'm always torn on that. Tell me why you like urine panels for measuring nutrients. Um, I think it just gives an extra thing. Like I said, I, I like all. So I think it just gives you a thorough picture. I like to look at the whole picture to see what's going on in the body. And so you can kind of compare and contrast and see some similar trends and see what things you, you may need boosted. 
but it's not in particular that I'm like obsessed. You have to get this urine test for this test or for this uh, level. And I do like testing. Um, the reason the quiz exists is so that if you are trying to save money or you don't have the money to do this, this will help you a lot. But I do definitely believe in and love testing so that you can get the actual information on your body and know what's going on for certain. Should we drink our pee? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, 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 that's not, that's not in the book. (laughs) (laughs) The look on your face was priceless. Um, there are a variety of people talking about this these days. And I was just wondering what your, your take on that was. I personally do not or would not drink pee. Um, so you've never tried drinking pee? I have never. You're no. a functional medicine doctor. We've all heard lectures on this. You never like one time just like taking a sip to see how bad it was. Well, first of all, I feel really good. So I don't feel the <laughs> need to experiment with drinking my urine. Um, but no, I never have done that. Okay, I will confess and I have before. I read a book on this 20 years ago and I was desperate uh, and I did try drinking pee and it wasn't very pleasant. Uh, and then they said like ferment it for three weeks and try it. And, and I was like, opened it. I'm like, fuck that. I am not drinking that. Uh, but what I did do that provided amazing relief from allergies was I injected my urine. Have you heard of urine injection therapy? No. You want to know about it? Are you sure? I'm sure everybody would. Talk to us about how you put urine into your body. This this doesn't, it's not as crazy as it sounds. So after you are exposed to an allergen, whether it's something you breathe or it's something you eat, about four to eight hours later, in your urine, you'll have huge numbers of IgG antibodies to the substance, right? Like that's something we understand. You can actually measure them. Well, if you collected that urine in a sterile container, you buffered it with a little bit of baking soda, you mixed in some lidocaine so it didn't hurt very much and you injected 10 milliliters through a filter into your muscle, your body will see all of these weird IgGs inside the muscle and it'll say, oh my gosh, I'm getting invaded. It must be an infection by an agent that makes IgGs. So then your body makes an antibody to its own antibodies and it cancels them out. And it's very much a hacker way of thinking. And... The reason that I first tried this, this is uh, many years ago, uh, was Dr. Who taught me this. Uh, I, I actually, I don't know if it's a good idea to mention his name. He's on Vancouver Island and I kind of want to, but I, I don't know if he's still practicing. I also don't want to mess with his licensing stuff. So I'm, I'm uh, well, if he reaches out and hears this, I will post it somewhere, but I, I don't think I can tell you guys this. Um, the original protocol came from a guy named... I can't, I can't mention his name because he's super canceled online right now either for the last <laughs> four years. Um, let's see. Um, so top secret stuff. His first name is Rashid. He's a doctor. And his last name rhymes with butter, but has an A in it. So, uh, and uh, anyway, maybe that's enough. He was apparently the inventor of this protocol. Uh, the first doctor who taught me about this said, Dave, I had a guy who was anaphylactic to cats and his girlfriend got a cat. The guy was in his you know, 60s. And so he was going to have to break up with her. And he said, Doc, you got to help me. So I said, well, let's try it. So he'd go and he'd breathe cat stuff, get almost anaphylactic and then collect urine and do this. He said after eight injections, the only way he could elicit an immune response was by sleeping with a cat blanket on his face. Wow. Okay, that is profound healing from an allergy. Now, 
you'll probably get toxoplasmosis if you sleep with a cat blanket on your face. And that stuff takes over your brain, kind of like that movie, The Last of Us. Uh, so maybe sleeping with cat blankets is not a good idea. But regardless, uh, that convinced me that I should try it. So I did, at first, I would eat all the shit for dinner, like all of the bad stuff. And then I would like hold it and I would go to sleep and I'd wake up and the guy's office was an hour away and I'd drive really, really fast and break some laws. And, and if I got pulled over, which I didn't, I'd be like, God, I have to pee. Anyway, and I'd get to his office and I'd run in and I'd like pee in a cup and then they'd inject me. In. After like three of those, I'm like, this is dumb. Like, can I get some lidocaine? And, and so I have all the filters and stuff. Uh, and you can, <laughs> anyone could do this at home. So if you're like, you know, really desperate and have really strong allergies and you don't have the budget for the stuff, it is possible to do it. But I think you want to work with a doctor to learn how to do that kind of stuff. So anyway, there's something going on with pee. Ayurveda says there's something with pee, but you're just not into it. I'm just not, in, I'm just not into it. No, I'm not judgmental about it. I think that's a really cool story. It's epic. If I was really, I don't know if, about, if it was a girlfriend who had a cat, but if I was really struggling with allergies, like, you know, you try what you have to try, right? So I'm not judgmental or opposed to it. I just personally am not doing it. I'm a, I'm judgmental. I'm um, just to be clear, but it's <laughs> nah. more fun that way. You know, I just don't judge people out loud, so they can always be wondering uh, because yeah. you know that's just more fun. No, um, the other thing is all the companies that so, that have those porta potties for events and all that stuff, they sell your pee because it has all kinds of expensive, useful stuff in it. No, they do not. They totally do. They concentrate the pee, and then they're they're selling a ton of stuff uh, that's in there, including some like antibodies and things like that. So I'm like, that doesn't seem very fair because I'm not getting my cut of the pea profits. So I, I just kind of go on the seat, which solves the problem. So <laughs> yeah. I, mean, but, I don't, I obviously, I know you're joking about the seat part, but like, I, I do not, <laughs> they do not. They do. Th th that I'm not making up. This, peeing on the seat, I never pee on the seat on purpose, um, but I am a guy. So let's not say it might not happen one time when I wasn't paying attention, but um, in truthfulness, if you look around, yeah, there, there's a major source of profits for the porta potty companies. And even the discovery of phosphorus way back in the days of alchemy when we were just figuring out natural philosopher society and understanding the basis of biochemistry, they discovered phosphorus from the king's stables pee. And then they would send people around to collect chamber pots to get enough pee to boil it down to make the glow in the dark stuff that must make you live forever because, hey, they didn't know that much. <laughs> I don't know. I've lost a couple good pairs of sunglasses in porta potties, but yeah, I would about. leave my sunglasses in there too. <laughs> so, so you know, something happened to me the other day. It was pretty horrible. I got out of my Jeep and my phone falls out of my pocket into the gutter, and there's like an inch and a half of slimy black gutter water, like stuff. Like I'm not putting my hand in there because there's probably a needle, like like that oh, bad. Yeah. And you don't, I couldn't find it with my foot. I was like, what do I do here? So eventually, um, yeah, gutter diving was required, but it was terrible. But I did it. And I sterilized my phone with alcohol. So there we go. <laughs> Not a porta potty, though. I would have just left the phone. Did you know there's a new technology that's about to shift the way you think about health? Since it's my job to test things out and tell you what works, I had to give it a try. Studies show that this tool improves both red and white blood cells. But what's even crazier, is that it's been proven to reverse early stages of blood clotting in minutes. So if you're looking for the next level of performance and energy, in fact, that's probably why you're listening, so check this out. Users report a significant increase in energy levels. There are studies that back it up too, with a massive 20 to 29% increase in ATP, 
which is your body's energy currency. This new tool is called Quantum Upgrade, and it's a customizable way to help you reach new levels of health. Whether you're looking for deep relaxation or peak physical or mental performance, it's got settings for everything. I've noticed a meaningful difference in my energy and recovery since I started using it, and now you can too. Quantum Upgrade is offering a free 15-day trial for you because you listen to the human upgrade, and thank you. Go to quantumupgrade.io slash Dave and experience the change for yourself. That's quantumupgrade.io slash Dave. Get a 15-day free trial. All right. I want to talk about something else that's in your book since we got distracted by um, all the weird anti-inflammatory stuff that no one hears about. Um, Let's talk about metabolic syndrome and its role in inflammation because you you go into it in your book really, really well. I think that's chapter five. So metabolic syndrome, what is it and why does it cause inflammation? Um, Imbalance and basically inability to handle sugar regulation is a major role of it. So the reason that it causes imbalance and inflammation in your body is because it really impacts your sugar and insulin levels, your hunger cues, your metabolism, um, as well as your hormones. And we all, we just discussed how hormones really impact your overall health and wellness. Okay. I look at inflammation that's caused metabolically as your body was supposed to take sugar or protein or fat, hopefully not protein, but as a backup, it can do that. Um, and an air and combine them to make those electricity and heat like we talked about earlier. Uh, and if it sucks at doing that, there's a problem. Um, then it, the, the Krebs cycle uh, or the citric acid cycle, as it's known, this is the thing that makes ATP. Instead of ending up with an ATP, it throws off uh, inflammation. It throws off uh, electrons where they shouldn't be. And it causes basically a lot of havoc. And the causes of metabolic syndrome, was it because the cells sucked or because the environment sucked? And like earlier you said, I, I, I'm not really a biohacker, but the definition of biohacking is change the environment around you and inside of you so you have control of your own biology. I guess I really am a biohacker because yeah. that's like the core belief system. It is. And it's a mix of you know longevity and epigenetics and sports performance and neuroscience and all. But really... Everything in your environment is signaled to your body to do something. And that's why I lecture at A4M, the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine and all, because the alignment with functional medicine is so good, but it also means you have to sleep. And some doctors will talk about sleep. I mean, you talk about sleep, right? But a lot of doctors don't because it's kind of out of the medical realm. It's lifestyle. So I wanted to bring us all together and just say, can we have a talk about everything in our environment? And it's, it's kind of exciting because that means we can talk about everything from sleep to a hormone panel to a pee. Right. Like it's all in there. It doesn't matter. Like, like we're just going to make ourselves better. And it it all helps. So the cool thing too, is that you don't have to do every single tiny thing perfect in order to make a difference in your lifestyle. So like for sleep, for example, you just brought up that I have a, I have a three-year-old, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. My sleep is not on point right now, but that's okay. (laughs) That's okay because there are other things that I'm doing that do boost my body. You don't have to be perfect all the time. You don't have to do every single little thing that you've heard of. Um, you can pick and choose in your season of life and how what your severity of inflammation is, what you're really focused on at that time so that you can have more of like a long, long-term lifestyle habit type of situation and have tools in your pocket to balance your body. Because sleep is very important and it's definitely not something that I am able to prioritize fully in this season of my life. But that does not mean that I have to be gaining 40 pounds and irritable and 
bloated and falling asleep in the afternoons because there are other things that you can do to boost your body. So do you just get like soundproofing for the kid's bedroom? Is that how you boost your body or? No, I just told you. I, they cry <laughs> and I go to their bed. <laughs> I'm not. Don't follow me for mother advice. No, I, I was I hoping you would not say that because that's mean. Kids, when they're crying out, there's a reason my kids slept with uh, at least one parent when they were young. They oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always waking up. Somebody asked me on an interview the other day, like, what's your morning routine? I'm like, well, I wake up in my daughter's bed. She usually tells me, mom, it's waking time because she woke up in the middle of the night and I ended up there. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, people who don't have kids, oftentimes just don't understand. And um, I have a, a couple of friends uh, in one of my friend groups. Um, they're early 30s and the first in the group to have kids. And it's just so funny watching because I went through all this, right? And watching... And, and all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, the things I used to do just don't work anymore. And then all the other friends are like, why are my friends not around? I'm like, because they're never sleeping. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so if you're listening, shifted. if you're listening and one of your kids just had, or one of your friends just had kids for the first time, uh, it's actually your job to go hang out with your friends because they're not going to call you anymore. Like, they just aren't. They can't manage it. And they're tired. So you just like, come over and hang. And they'll be like, oh, my God, I saw an adult. It's so nice. <laughs> uh, but no it's one tells It's accurate. Them. It's accurate. What are the things you can do to maintain your health and energy if you're not getting enough sleep because you're a new parent? Nutrition is my number one. Okay. That's an easy no-brainer for me. I enjoy eating healthy. I like eating nourishing foods that boost my nutrients. I can literally like envision it just flooding my body with goodness. Um, so I, when I'm extra tired, I'm seeking extra nourishing foods. I'm on purpose not seeking the donuts, the ice creams, the things like that, because I know that's going to make me feel even worse. And I've been there, so I don't judge you if you're still there. I've been there where the comfort food is what I would seek if I had a bad night's sleep or I was irritable or I was tired or I had a big decision to make. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. And it took a long time to get to that point. But yeah, nutrition number one is, I, I always say, just flooding my body with nutrients. If I am extra tired or extra irritable or I know I'm pushing my body to the limits because... I'm an entrepreneur and sometimes that requires that sometimes, um, like with red eye flights or whatever it is, I'm nourishing my body extra. That's, you know, food is number one to me. I'm with you. Uh, if you're going to invest in one thing, even if the budget's tight, it's food quality and it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be better than it is. What's more important? Avoiding toxins in food or making sure that there are more minerals in the food or more nutrients? Hmm. I would say more nutrients. Because, really? Yeah, because oh my gosh, you need you need the nutrient. Well, if you're you know, if the alternative is toxic food versus nutrients, obviously, like you need the nutrients to heal, to give your body that energy, to be able to detox from toxins. So, for example, I'd rather you have a non-organic raspberry than not have the raspberry at all. Um, I do think mm. that that would be my answer for that. I would be like, don't you know raspberries are as high in spinach? Or I would say, don't you know raspberries are as high as spinach and oxalic acid? And that there's a huge number of women who think they have interstitial cystitis who actually just have oxalate poisoning from eating two bowls of raspberries and some spinach, almond, whatever every day. What would you say to that? I would say variety is key. And everything in moderation. I'm, I'm big on like a varied and diverse diet. I don't think I had spinach today. I don't think spinach is bad. Um, I oh think that gosh. having a, yeah, no, 
What? You chose weakness today. <laughs> no, I chose to nourish my body. So I have a very nourishing mindset around food because I used to not. And that used to be a huge issue for my body and a huge yeah. contribution to inflammation. Um, so, you know, spinach is not bad in my opinion. But wow. yes, if you eat spinach all day, every day, and the only green you ever eat, the only vegetable you ever eat is spinach, then yes, that is going to turn into a negative impact. So varied and diverse. Uh, so everything in moderation, that includes like mercury and aluminum. And no, everything. so uh, that for health foods. Oh, so okay, for just like, for health foods. And, meat, and For real foods, fruits, veggies, meats, fish, nuts, <laughs> seeds, oils, but then variety. So canola so, oil is totally a good one in, in moderation, right? Which one? Canola oil? No, so the anti-inflammatory types of foods. Okay, so so spinach, good. Anti or spinach good, canola oil bad. Just just looking you know, for logical consistency here. Actually, no, I'm not big on good and bad foods. So true, like if you have an item that's made with canola oil or even sunflower oil, that's not the end of the world. What would be the end of the world is long term um, inflammatory yeah. choices, long, negative mindset towards food, stress on food. I think it's actually more harmful to be overly stressed about your food mm -hmm. choices than to eat the food itself that is bad. It, so I you, have a very different approach it, to food. You nailed it, actually. It, it's not that it's good or bad. And I had a, a really good conversation with one of my kids about this. If it's good or bad, it's a moral failing and it's about your worth as a human being. And if it's better for you or worse for you or compatible with your biology or not compatible, then it's just a decision or maybe it's even a mistake, right? I made a decision that wasn't optimal. Well, everybody does. So you lose a lot of the, the shame and guilt. And it's absolutely true. If you're terrified of eating something that might have glyphosate in it, you're probably going to be terrified all the time because there is glyphosate in almost everything in North America, right? Just It's a question of the amount, right? So that said, you probably will find some foods, like let's say you have anaphylactic response to peanuts. You probably shouldn't eat those, right? And you will identify as soon as you go down the path and you know eat to treat or bulletproof diet or in, any of those things where you become conscious of your food. Some foods, every single time you eat them, you pay. Like those are ones you avoid. And it's nice to be afraid of them. If you were starving to death, would you eat you know the worst fast food ever? Of course you would. And you'd be grateful for it. Even if you were inflamed the next day, it was better than starving the next day, right? So mm -hmm. this peacefulness about your decisions, even if they're not perfect, beautiful. Perfectionism in food, super toxic, but maybe not as toxic as spinach, man. That stuff is bad for you. <laughs> well, remember like the example you gave earlier of the super, super fit fitness star who actually felt horrible? If you are so perfect with your diet and like you're so worried about everything. I mean, I've even had a client who was like worried about touching the side of the bench at the bus stop. Like that's not going to lead to a healthy vibrant, fulfilling life. And that's going to lead to more guilt, shame, worry about living. And like, we're here to live and have an awesome life. And so we're really just focused on in general, choosing things that are anti-inflammatory for your body, but you don't need to. I had a client one time, literally take the time to apologize to me because they had, I think it was a piece of pie at their family gathering. And I'm like, dude, do not appall. Like eat the pie. <laughs> I wasn't good. What kind? Like you should just be enjoying the moment, you know, being joyful about the people around you, 
imagining that pie filling you with joy and abundance and all that good stuff. Like, yes, it's not ideal to eat that every day, all day. It is going to cause inflammation. But the worry and the guilt and the shame associated with the fear of that food is way worse, in my opinion. I always deal with this. Uh, new employees who work for me, I've got many dozens of people on the teams for different companies. We go out for a meal. It's like, oh my God, what do I order? Dave's, Dave's watching. I'm like, <laughs> I actually really, truly don't care. And it's not that I don't care about you, is I do care about you, but I also value my time. And for me to spend my time judging what other people eat is lame. Right. And am I going to, if I'm catering, am I going to buy crap foods that cause inflammation? No, I'm not. I'm going to spring for the good stuff. But if we're at a restaurant and you want to order some French fries and beer, like that's what you eat as long as your body's working on it. I don't, I don't, it's, it's up to you. Right. It's just, it's fine. So learning to be at peace with making a decision that isn't perfect is awesome while not being addicted. And it, it feels like so many people, it's not just perfectionism, it's guilt. Because they're saying, I wanted to do this, but I did this. And then you feel a disconnection. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a reason why our body does one thing and our mind wants another? Well, <laughs> inflammation, I guess. So it, it's, um, you know, it's harder to make those decisions that you want to make when your body is not feeling well. And then it's kind of, it takes, I guess, you know, sometimes maybe even hitting rock bottom to get to the point of changing your entire belief system around stuff. Like for the food example, you know, my belief system and fear of food or cutting out entire food groups or whatever it was that I was doing, I had to completely stop that and completely shift to, I then focus on, I eat for energy. I eat to nourish my body. I like, I love eating. I love this food. This tastes so good. And, you know, over time, then it's easier because your body becomes more balanced. But it's when you're in that moment, you can't you can't make sense of it if you told yourself, I'm not gonna eat gluten for seven days and you do, and then you're like, Oh my God, what I ruined my streak. You know, you can't make sense of it in that moment. So you can just do the best that you can, prioritize on your mindset and make it fun. It's a status upgrade to enhance your health and to embark on a healing journey. So make it just fun and as an upgrade versus something you have to do or a restriction. Every now and then, it's a really good idea to punch yourself in the face just to remind yourself what it feels like. So I, I did this uh, last week. I went I out to that. this restaurant in Austin called Dai Dewey, and I love them. It's a former butcher shop turned into uh, a restaurant, and it, it's like all wild, whatever, uh, this, and, and just like the most amazing meats. And not a lot of vegetables, which I approve of, but they also serve like mushrooms with egg, uh, raw egg yolk on sourdough. I'm sure it was homemade, organic sourdough, whatever. I don't eat bread. I haven't had bread in the US in 20 years. Uh, but I'll maybe if I'm in Europe, I'll have a little bit with some enzymes. I'm like, I'm gonna have two bites of sourdough. I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh, look, there's the knee pain that I had all through my teens. And it's back in one freaking night. And it's in a specific part of both knees. And I know that's where lectins or whatever the heck from American wheat just gets me. Dang it. And I'm still sore a week later. Okay. That was a reminder of why I don't do it, but it took me 20 years to need it. So I recommend for anyone listening, if if you're sort of starting to feel guilty about it, just go out and just do it. Like do all the stuff that you know is bad and just wake up and spend a week in hell and just be like, that's why I do it. So you realize it's not about perfection, but it is logical. 
and that you're now making a choice for your body and for your mind and for your inflammation and for everything. And because you want to feel good. Yeah. And you want to own your decision. Yeah. And you might get depressed or angry or yell at your partner and all that kind of stuff. That all happens from food. Um, a final question for you. If inflammation is such a big deal, aspirin, ibuprofen, naproxen, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, why not just kind of help it out a little bit? Yeah. But time and place. I'm not against pharmaceuticals. I think that there's a time and place for them. I've had three C-sections and I definitely needed help with inflammation and pain. So you support Big Pharma's occupation of the U.S. government. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate if, that, Maggie. If my six-year-old is in a car accident and they're sent to the hospital with a broken leg and a concussion, I'm on board with medication. Amen. Pharmaceuticals yeah. are lovely. Like they're so useful. Yeah. Just don't do them all the time. I, I'm so with you on that front. Yeah. Despite my my trying to elicit a response there, which by the way, you, you didn't take the bait. Like you never take the bait. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, well, I guess I just have strong belief systems. Um, but yeah, be. that time and place for medications. Um, obviously, long term pharmaceutical is not the best option. Plus, if you're taking something like an aspirin or Tylenol every single day, the issue is still there. So it's going to get worse. That's why I had a mini stroke when I was 24. My doctors were ignoring my symptoms, ignoring my symptoms. I was telling them something is not right. But because my labs were normal, it just kept brewing and brewing and brewing. And then boom, the big thing happens. So if you're just taking Tylenol every day, all day, but the issues are still there, you're, you're, you're not fixing the problems. It's still there. Underneath the hood, it's not looking good. Hey, that was a cool little rhyme. But that's, that's <laughs> the issue. And so... That's why it's not great just to rely. Like that's not going to help you. That's not going to reverse the heavy metal toxicity, the gut issues, the hormone imbalance. That's not going to help with your root cause of the complications you're experiencing. Plus the uh, the Tylenol, and that stuff is really toxic. It doesn't help with inflammation anyway, but the, the newer studies in kids, you never give your kids Tylenol as far as I'm concerned. And as an adult, the only time I ever take Tylenol is because it's packaged with codeine and you can't get it packaged with something else in the US. Uh, Tylenol is that bad for you. And I take a handful of glutathione every time I take it, uh, which is very, very rarely. But aspirin, especially one or two baby aspirin, it increases heat production from your mitochondria. It can thin the blood in a beneficial way. And if you pair it with a histamine 2 blocker like Pepsidacy, which means then you have to take uh, something like betaine HCL to digest your food. If you do all those in order, you won't get bleeding in the gut uh, and you may get an improvement in fat loss, an improvement in cognitive function and a reduction in inflammation. I wouldn't do it every day. But would I do it once or twice a week if I kind of needed it? I'm not opposed to it because it turns out aspirin plus caffeine equals resolve migraine faster than almost any other drug out there because of the changes in blood flow and mitochondrial stuff. So they're not all bad. They're just not all good because what does daily aspirin do if you take that every day? It depletes your vitamins and nutrients, especially vitamin B. So yep. there's sometimes where it's like, I joke sometimes with my clients, sometimes they feel guilt around medications. And, and sometimes I joke like, you know, there are some things that a lavender bath just isn't going to fix right now. You know, right. sometimes you need something to help bridge that gap to getting well. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. And uh, just a shout out, this is from Sandy and the Upgrade Collective. And if you're listening, the Upgrade Collective is my mentorship group. It's dirt cheap to join. Just go to ourupgradecollective.com and you could be commenting and chatting with me on video on Zoom right now. 
instead of listening to this in your car or something. But uh, Sandy says, don't buy Bayer because it's evil. Uh, when you're when talking about aspirin, and given that Bayer owns Monsanto, Sandy, I think you have a point there. So um, buy the generic aspirin. Oh, but then don't buy the Amazon brand generic aspirin because they're just as evil. So it's like you know, you gotta pick your poison. I it's, there's like a brand. I don't know if you know a lot about it, but there's a brand that I would choose, um, but I haven't researched too heavily into it. Genexa that makes the pharmaceuticals without the food dyes and the wow. different additives. Genexa? All right, I'm going to check those guys out. If, if they're legit, I'll bring it up on a show. Uh, yeah. Because it's funny, in 2008, um, I co-launched a medical lab testing company that uh, we were looking for um, non-antibody-mediated inflammation in response to implant materials and environmental toxins. So we could see if you, your white blood cells went crazy in the presence of mercury or something. And the test was designed because a researcher, I think at Glaxo, one of the big things. They're having such bad side effects from one of their new drugs, they're going to cancel it. And the lady's like, hey, I developed a test. It's the colorings that you're putting in there that's causing all the problems. It's not even your drug. And they were so grateful they gave the lady the patent and then they took it to the US. Wow. So yeah, like the the colorings and all, if you're taking regular pharmaceuticals, gross. So I'll check out so that new company. The theme between that company, yeah, you should check them out. That's what I've found has worked for for my family. So because sometimes there is a need. So the theme is that they replace all of the standard pharmaceuticals that you would need, but they don't do it with any food colorings or dyes or additives that are not needed. It's Sweet. literally just the pharmaceutical. I'm going to check those guys out. That sounds like such a good idea. Like who would have thought clean pharmaceuticals? Maybe there's such a thing. So thank you for bringing that to all. Of You're welcome. Maggie, your book is awesome. And there's another chapter we didn't get into about detoxifying your environment. Uh, followers will will recognize things. Oh, you mentioned red light therapy. Dude, you're totally a biohacker. Uh, and <laughs> purification, oh. circadian rhythm, EMF, biohacker, biohacker, biohacker. I'll need to update my bio. You know, it's funny, actually, when I was in college, I said, like, I was eating kind of healthy. So in college, I was paleo, but paleo didn't really, like, exist then. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm paleo. Like, I had no idea, but that's just naturally how I was eating and, and doing and, and things. But yeah. I guess I'm it's a little biohacker you, at heart. You had problems early on and people, you know, you're, you're having hormone issues even at 18. I had issues younger too. So when you're young and things aren't working, you become a biohacker. And that's why almost everyone young today is a biohacker. And they're finding uh, the stuff in the biohacking world going, oh my gosh, this is life-changing. Like, yeah, I'm writing all my stuff as if I was going to read it when I was 19 because it would have made that big of a difference. Just more people yeah. need it. So I think you definitely count as an honorary biohacker. And that means two things. Number one, people should get your book, Eat to Treat, and check it out because your framework for inflammation and your quiz are new contributions to the field. I like those. And secondly, you should come to the Biohacking Conference. It's at biohackingconference.com. It's at the end of May and beginning of June in Dallas. And there's about 3,000 people showing up, lots of functional medicine doctors, and you get to meet all the people making all the products and all the cool stuff. So right up your alley. And of course, I would be happy to see you you're inviting me to the event. I would Absolutely, love, I would yeah. love to come to the biohacker I'll, I'll event. I'll get your ticket, yes. okay? I'll send you a pass. I would love. I'll be there. So I hope if you're listening, you'll come too, and we can all meet each other. Cool. Thank you so much for being on the show, and my friends, thank you for listening to the show. I hope this was fun, and I apologize. Uh, I guess in what's the word for after you do something? I, I normally apologize in advance for offending people, so I'm apologizing post advance. 
for um, all of the uh, horrifying yet medically useful commentary about pee. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, Maggie, I will see you at the conference. And if you're listening, I'll see you at the conference too. Biohackingconference.com, the 10th annual, the conference that launched the entire movement. And it'll be more fun than you've ever seen. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me, Dave, and everybody for listening in. Um, This was super fun. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.